You are listening to the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network. There is absolutely the expectation to be always on. And I think that the always on piece is the aspect that we really need to control. And it makes me wonder, are we branding quiet quitting, essentially having that boundary? You can't have work-life balance unless you were truly balancing it all. I am Brittany Willis from the Protégé to Pro podcast, a corporate professional turned entrepreneur and small business expert. I'm a millennial franchise owner who leveraged my professional background, years of study, and experience managing multi-million dollar retail accounts and brands to open a business of my own and become a top performing location in Texas. After successfully navigating small business ownership during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Protégé to Pro brand and podcast has become my vehicle for showing others a pathway forward in their careers and entrepreneurial endeavors. From how do I open and manage a business for myself to how can I continue to elevate my career? You each can confidently sit back as one of my protégés and know that I will have something for you each and every episode. So to my career professional, side hustler, nine to fivepreneur, full-time entrepreneur, or those considering transitioning, welcome to the Protégé to Pro podcast. Welcome to the Protégé to Pro podcast. I am your host, Brittany Willis. Here at Protégé to Pro, I inspire to arm career professionals and entrepreneurs with Fortune 500 knowledge. Now, as a Fortune 500 professional and entrepreneur myself, I understand firsthand the importance of access to knowledge and resources as it relates to goal attainment and achieving your dreams. You can find more content related to career professionals and entrepreneurs at my Protégé to Pro podcast available anywhere that you stream your podcast. With today's video podcast episode, I am embarking on my power sessions, which will be abbreviated 15-minute episodes that allow me to hit on some really critical and interesting topics in a power packing function. We're going to have a slew of guests coming on in the future, as well as episodes hosted by me as I explore these topics. So please make sure that you hit subscribe so you do not miss a beat. So today's episode, I'm going to be exploring the topic of quiet quitting. I am sure you have seen opt-ed, think piece, article after article, thoughts on LinkedIn and social media abound about this by now. It's a really interesting topic that I really wanted to explore and give my thoughts on. The first piece that I want to say is I find that the phrase is just a tad deceptive. Let's talk about what quiet quitting is. Primarily, we are seeing articles, think of Harvard Business Review, and the list goes on and on. We're seeing them regard quiet quitting as doing the bare minimum that it takes to do your job. So this is taking your lunch breaks. This is going on your vacations. This is saying no to things that go outside the scope of your role. Okay, crickets there. I really want to explore what's wrong with that. What what is wrong with meeting the job description that you have? So let's think about how we got here, though. I know for me, when the pandemic hit approximately, where are we? Has it been two and a half years? Two and a half years ago, I remember the world just took a pause. It's almost as if I felt Mother Nature and I felt our world just breathe a sigh of relief. And a lot of people, myself included, uh, really began to evaluate what's really important to them, right? Um, I know there's been a lot of people who saw how much time they were spending away from their family. There were people who actually realized once they had that pause, how turned on 
they were consistently. And I think what we're seeing in our world is a recalibration of what it means for work-life balance. So I find it very intriguing that we have organizations and we have publications uh, regarding and branding this term as quiet quitting. The reason why I regard it as deceptive is because, well, people aren't quitting at all. Um, they're working, uh, and, but they're working with boundaries in place. And I really want to explore the topic of boundaries with you all today. So I want to take a, a little step back and get a little personal. As I thought about what quiet quitting is, I said, hmm, am I participating in that? Am I doing the bare minimum? Well, frankly, my job wouldn't really let me do that. I'm not doing the, the bare minimum per se, but I will tell you for the first time, in my nearly 15 uh, year long career, I have more boundaries than ever. Um, one in particular is the fact that I recently, when recently, probably a year or two ago, I took work email off of my phone. I took work email off of my phone because I had consistent access to my email and to my thoughts from work all the time. I actually recently had to turn my work email back on uh, to check something because I was off yesterday preparing to be with you all. Um, and I actually did not turn my email off. And I, I actually saw um, right here, I have my phone here. Uh, I actually just saw a work email and, I, and then it just completely changed my, my mood, right? It does that. So that's a boundary that I really began to put in place. And I'll tell you, there's some organizations that I have worked for, some managers that I've worked for, who would be completely frustrated by that. There is absolutely the expectation to be always on. And I think that the always on piece is the aspect that we really need to control. And it makes me wonder, are we branding quiet quitting, essentially having that boundary? You can't have work-life balance unless you were truly balancing it all. When I'm at home, when I've done everything that I need to do in my work life, um, you know, I want to be able to be off. Now, Something, if you're, if you're new tuning into me, you may not know, I, I dub myself as a nine to five You heard me say in the intro that I'm a career professional as well as an entrepreneur, which is why I love this platform to be able to speak to both sides of the story. As an entrepreneur, honey, um, I can't turn that off. <laughs> that doesn't really go off. Um, there'll be an episode in the future where I talk about just life of being a franchiser and then franchising in general. And I'll share a bit more into the day of the life of being a franchise owner. But I have a business that operates seven days a week for 14 hours a day. Um, there's not a lot of balancing that I can do, but even still with that, I do my best to put balance in place. Now, let's keep going in the area of boundaries. Um, another thing that I put in place, I believe firmly in managing your manager. Um, I allow my employees to manage me and I want them to. I want to make sure that I'm existing within their boundaries. I also make sure that my managers understand how I best work. Um, I'm really thankful to be a part of an organization that believes in PTO and taking your time off. You don't get questions. You don't, you're not scoffed. Um, you know, people genuinely ask where are you going and how was it when you came back? Um, but I think that as a, as a part of managing your manager, it's really important to understand his or her priorities. Um, that's critical. And, and, and that's going to allow you the ability to have some walls in place. You got to be doing your job first before you start managing a superior, right? Um, it, once you establish um, the track record that you're able to get your work done, that you're trustworthy, uh, there's a willingness to allow you to work um, you know, where needed. For example, there are some times where I'm like, hey boss, I can't log on until 10 today, let's just say. Um, you know, something is going on. 
I have that relationship and that trust built where he knows that that's not going to erode the rest of my day. And as a manager, I have to create a dynamic where my employees feel that I am accepting of boundaries. So for example, I have had, especially kind of pre uh, this quiet quitting phase, this, you know, into the constant, you know, uh, culture of of hustling or hustle culture. Um, You know, I have had employees sometimes say, hey, boss, you know, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to be in Turks and Caicos, but I have my laptop. No, do not bring your laptop. There is no fire that requires me impeding on personal time off that you need. I see how hard we work. I see how hard you work. There is no need to impede on that. We're going to be okay. And I will make sure of that. So as it relates to boundaries, to all my people leaders, I recommend that you're doing the same thing to create a safe space for boundaries to exist. And as an employer and a manager, as a franchise owner, so to my small business owners, to my entrepreneurs, I find, especially um, with with the hourly workforce, I found that there can sometimes be less willingness to put up boundaries sometimes um, in a way that's respectable. And I have to really look for those instances where I can feel and I can see that my my team and my staff seems a little uncomfortable. If I say, hey, can you come in for three hours on your day off? If I feel that hesitant, I will say, you know what? It's okay. Don't worry about it. And I go, are you sure? And I'm like, sure. Because a part of managing my team and a part of ensuring that I'm maintaining a workforce that has work-life balance, I have to lean into those moments. My goal is to always be the manager, the employer, the owner that I would want to work for. I would want someone that had regard for my boundaries and someone that had regard for my work-life balance. So um, this is just my overall thoughts as it relates to boundaries. I think that when you Think about the topic of quiet quitting. I think primarily that's what we're seeing happen. We're seeing boundaries, firm boundaries being put in place. And it's my opinion that that doesn't make you a quitter at all. In fact, preventing burnout creates sustainability. This is a marathon and I've experienced severe burnout in my life. And I'll actually share a little bit about that um, next. You are listening to The Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network. I remember as a young employee, roughly in my mid-20s to late 20s, hearing about burnout. Um, I would see uh, mentors and coaches and professionals who were now in their 30s, mid-30s. I would hear them talk about burnout. And I would go, wow, I mean, just... No, you know, what does that mean? I mean, you, you, you don't love it. You're not going to keep just grinding and all that good stuff, right? I remember just being completely um, in awe of the fact that you could be burned out of doing something you love. Because let me be clear, I love my career. It's the reason why I'm still here. It's the reason why I'm a nine to five preneur. I enjoy what I do and I love my employer. But there was a time where I worked for an organization and I had an amazing, amazing opportunity in front of me. I was brought on to build, to lead and to build out um, a team within our e-commerce structure. E-commerce is something I am just completely passionate about and the pandemic has completely accelerated and transformed shopper trends in the way of e-commerce. So I have fun every day because of that. And I took that responsibility in paving and pioneering that path for that organization very seriously. A lot of organizations say act like owners. Truthfully, that's how I I approach anything. If you give me any task, I am going to treat it as if as if it was my own, truthfully. And I remember getting to a place when the organization where uh, mergers and acquisitions were occurring and more brands were coming into, into the portfolio. I was having to work 10, 12, 14 hour days. 
I'm working at 5 a.m. till 8 a.m. I'm stopping, getting dressed, and driving into the office and getting there at 9, working through my lunch break. Again, quiet quitting. Those people are taking their lunches. <laughs> working till 5, going home, maybe eating dinner, and working till 10 at night. There just was not enough time in the day to get done. And after doing that for a year, about plus or minus, um, I began to feel burnout. And frankly, I think the primary reason why I got to the point of burnout didn't necessarily have a lot to do with the fact that I was working consecutive 12 and 14 hour days. I'm a hard worker. I enjoy working. Um, and even still, don't get me wrong. Um, that's a little too much. I think the 40 hour work week from a, a working standpoint is good for our mental health. But the part that I believe firmly really led to burnout was the fact that I didn't feel valued. I felt like I was a workhorse, a commodity doing a job. I had leaders who were watching me work myself into the ground. I had leaders who were watching me send foray in e emails, sending midnight emails, were doing it themselves. Um, this was frankly a culture without boundaries. I would say a slight bit of uh, just workplace toxicity as it relates to the boundaries of work-life balance. Um, you know, I'm appreciative of Every opportunity that, that I have had and my attention is not to speak disparagingly against a former employer, but this is truly my experience. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, I always tell my team, you know, I work, I work for and I work with people. We don't work with robots. Robot, even, and even robots ha have a mean time before fail, right? There's only so much that, that you can do. And I think that when you grease the wheels, when you show people that their hard work is appreciated, um, you have the ability to, to prevent burnout. Um, there are times, as you all know, there's been significant labor shortages within um, the food service industry. As a coffee shop franchise owner, um, I've dealt with my share of that since opening. And one of the and there are times where we are understaffed. There are times where I'm asking people to pull doubles. There are times where people are working six days a week, and I prefer that my team members work five. But I do my best to manage burnout. And here's an example: I have a team member who is she is hungry. She is hungry. She is a hustler. I love it. Uh, she's one of she's one of um our store's longstanding employees. Uh, she will hold that store down backwards and forwards. I have to manage her to prevent burnout. She is willing to work seven days a week if I let her. But as an employer, as a people manager, that does not benefit her. That does not benefit the organization. And there is sometimes there is the point of diminishing returns. I frankly find that about that sixth day, you're getting at diminishing returns. So I wanted to just hit on the role that being valued plays in burnout. So to anyone that might be finding themselves enjoying their job, enjoying their work, enjoying their industry, but you still feel that sense of burnout and you might, again, some people are going to call it quiet quitting, <laughs> but uh, if you are experiencing some of that burnout, I would say take a look at your environment. Take a look at how it makes you feel. When you open your laptop, do you feel invigorated and excited? Or do you feel, ugh? And do you feel that every day? And does it never go away? These are things that you really want to look for because in the spirit of quote unquote quiet quitting, again, not a fan of the term, but we're here to talk about it anyway. Um, I think these are things that, that contribute to us doing their the bare minimum. Um, again, the nerve of us to take our lunch breaks, right? But I, I'm sure you all get what I mean. I think that, you know, do, do you want employees doing the bare minimum? Um, I mean, sure, no. I think that as it relates to promotability, um, as it relates to um, special projects, doing the bare minimum may not get you where you're trying to go. But it's my perspective at the same time, though, that if you are doing your job and you're doing it to the best of your ability, well, again, that's not quitting at all.
The last thing that I want to say on this subject of quiet quitting is even as we're seeking to find balance, even as we're putting boundaries in place, even as we're managing to prevent burnout, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Paying your dues is a real thing. I know there's many modes of thought on this, but I am quite literally where I am today because I paid my dues. Um, I believe very firmly that you don't, and it's not about ego. It's not about stroking someone's ego. It's not about bringing someone, you know, coffee and being, you know, um, and being disrespected in your youth or in your, your, your neophyte space. It's really about being a sponge. It's about being humble. It's about being willing to do the hard, gritty work because honey, rolling your sleeves up and doing the hard work is how you learned. When I graduated from Vanderbilt in 2010, I was in a management development program. And for the first year of that program, I was literally in retail stores stocking shelves. I think we can all agree that I probably did not go to a four-year college to do that. There is nothing wrong with that, with that career choice. I want to be very clear. I respect everyone's career choices and everyone's vocations. I do not believe that anyone is better or worse than anyone. However, my goals were to be essentially in the boardroom, right? That is what I was looking to do. But baby, I wasn't getting to the boardroom without starting on the grocery aisle. I have, been in the, I have essentially been in the consumer packaged goods industry and in the grocery industry my entire career. So when I'm sitting in boardrooms now, and I'm devising marketing plans when I'm directing my team on where to spend search funds, when we're looking at designing um, the palettes and displays that you'll see in store, I know what's going to work. I know what pain points is going to cause for the store managers or our front line because I've been there. So when I tell you that paying your dues is really critical, it's really critical. And you're doing it not for someone else, you're doing it for you. And I think that if we focus on paying your dues or doing the you-know-what work as something that is benefiting others, we're really losing sight of what's to gain here. It's almost like going to the gym. It, it hurts. That ish hurts. I don't like squatting. I don't like ha being sore for weeks on end, but baby, what do I like? I like me in that swimsuit though. I like that though. And that's essentially what I would compare it to. So I wanted to be really intentional about talking about balance versus paying your dues, because honestly, there's not a lot that's very balanced all the time about grinding and doing the hard work, doing the stuff that's not sexy. And the final thing that I will say about paying your dues is that, sure, there's some aspects of it that are political, but the politics aren't necessarily politics for politics sake. When you hear the politics game, when you hear corporate is political or whatever you want to call it, um, it's truthfully about community visibility and networking. Uh, that, frankly, it's what it actually is. So I'll give you an example. We've been working remotely for, again, the last two and a half years. I mean, you know, the pandemic has changed the, the way we work. And my manager reminded me that, hey, you know, things have been lifted. We're getting a, a, little, a little more normalized. I need you to get in front of senior leaders. I need them to see you in action. And, you know, they're hearing great things and all this good stuff. But it's kind of getting back to the mode of networking of community. Your chances of being promoted, your chances of being, if your name being brought up in rooms is going to happen when people know you. And people know you when you're the person that's volunteering to bring in lunch, you know, for, for the big meeting. Just the really small things. The person who's volunteering to stay behind to help a leader um, finish a project. I have, I have gained um, a lot of allies 
um, mentors and even sponsors in my career because of my willingness to go to go beyond an extra mile. Am I doing that all the time anymore? No, because honey, I pay my dues, right? And I'm still paying them, don't get me wrong. Um, but the way that I go about doing it's a little different. I do it now by giving back and coaching and mentoring young men and women um, so that we're developing future leaders from our organization. But I want to be very intentional about holding space for paying dues and just knowing that it might not be balanced at that time. But trust me, it's going to to, to smooth itself out. You are listening to the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network. So if you're new to the Protege to Pro Podcast, you won't know that I conclude each of my episodes with the Cracks of Gold segment. Uh, Cracks of Gold essentially is my time and my space to reflect on the good, the positives, what have we learned, the insights as it relates to just all the chaos and you know, just all the chaos and frustrations that are around us. I, I believe firmly that within every crack is the opportunity to pour in some gold. So on this subject, I want to hold space for employers um, and employers like my own PepsiCo uh, that create safe spaces for employees to feel not only valued, but to permit the work-life balance that enables us to be and to sustain our great selves. Um, I believe very firmly that uh, work-life balance and frankly, uh, many modes of culture come from the top down. It comes from the top down and it sustains as you continue to kind of roll that ball down the hill. So I'm just really thankful, very, very thankful, uh, like I said, to be with an organization that values that. Um, there's only so long you can continue to pour from an empty cup. Um, no one likes that. So in the spirit of quiet quitting, like I said, um, there's nothing quitting about it, frankly. There's nothing quitting about it. I think it's just, uh, like I said, a recalibration um, and it's boundaries. Boundaries never hurt anybody. And I think what we're going to see is that we're going to have happier, healthier employees. And I might expect to see some retention uh, experience within organizations as more organizations continue to put the employee, their mental health, and the true execution of work-life balance in the forefront. So this is my first power session. I hope you learned a lot on this topic of quiet quitting. Again, it is not quitting at all and boundaries never hurt anyone. So I'm going to go check some sales at my store real quick, see how we're doing. And I look forward to being in front of you all um, in the future and, you know, expounding on topics that are relevant to career professionals and entrepreneurs. And please make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. See you next time. Mm -hmm.